0: Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other, and maybe even you, into liking what we like. This episode, it's touche amore. My name's Dan, and I have a tattoo of E.T. hugging Michael Jackson, which entitles me to a lifetime discount at my
2: local record store. My name's Jimmy, and when I was six years old, Dan and I dressed up as the Blues Brothers for Halloween.
1: I'm Jeff, and in 1993, I visited the White House and was sad because I didn't get to see Bill Clinton.
0: Want to know something funny? What's that? We keep a list of random facts, and the Blues Brothers Halloween costume is one of mine as well. <laughs> That's funny. I
1: feel like you guys do that more
2: than just <laughs> when you were six.
0: No, that was the, that was the only time, but what people I've
2: brought up the blues brothers a couple of times. Yeah.
0: No, but what people may not realize is because of the age gap when Jimmy was 6 <laughs> dressed as Jake Blues, I was 14. 14 dressed as Elwood Blues. <laughs> so Nearly was this a like man grown. Blues
1: Brother 2000? <laughs>
0: no. It was just weird and funny. <laughs> we had fake
2: sideburns. Oh, it was great. Yeah.
0: This is the part of the show where if you leave us a review or a rating on any of your podcast apps, or you send us an email at talkmeinto at gmail.com or tweet at us at talkmeinto on Twitter, we will read them right here. We will comment on them, and we will maybe say thank you, depending on if the review is positive or negative.
1: (laughs) So this is the part of the show where... We're talking ourselves into something. It's something small. We're not going to talk about it for an hour. But it's just something going on in our lives. And uh, I'm trying to talk myself into Letterboxd, which oh. you've heard Dan talk yep. about yeah. on every episode. And it's a movie review app. And you just go on there. You rate some movies. Mm-hmm. You write a review. I've read several of Dan's. He's done... prolific amount of reviewing and (laughs) in-depth analysis of of films i made a pact at
0: the beginning of the year to review every movie i saw in the theater
1: okay and like jimmy's on there and another one of our friends adam's on there i've read their reviews and i I put a couple up i did spider-man into the multiverse which which i loved and I, i just recently watched arrival for the first time so i did that but i don't know it's the, the interface is a little confusing. Maybe I just need it's to give it jank. some more time. Yeah, it's yeah. not that great. Like, when I think that I'm supposed to be reviewing something, like, I star it, but it, like, puts it in a weird section, and it's hard to search. I hope Letterboxd doesn't want to sponsor us. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's a awesome. cool app. It's a great app.
0: It's cool. You get used to it. Uh, the easiest way to do it is just search for it, and when you find it, just click the the review button. You don't have yeah. to do stars or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, but
1: like I did stars because I was like, I want everybody to know I thought Spider Man was a five. Oh whatever. yeah,
0: I mean those stars. I thought yeah. you meant yeah. like there's another feature that you can no, but then like, but, then like, but then like
1: I do the review and you click like I watch this, but then it's like you rewatch this. I didn't rewatch it. I watched it once, sir. I don't know. It's it's fine. It's a good app. It's well, fun. Let a, uh, let the
0: world know how you feel. I don't go crazy with. That. I write like a paragraph. No,
1: you've done like yeah. 90 movies or so.
0: Yeah, I mean each individual one though. Some he's, of them range from a like a sentence; others are like a couple paragraphs long. Mm-hmm. I gotta let the world know how I feel. Everyone's very curious how Dan feels about <laughs>
2: "Call Me by Your Name."
1: <laughs> great movie, Jimmy. What are you talking yourself into?
2: I am talking myself into growing my beard out.
1: Yeah, I like um, this.
2: So this is great. Probably not as long as Jeff has done. I've seen some year-long beards. I've oh, seen yeah. some eight-month-long beards. Yep. I've seen them all. Um, I'm probably not that long. I'd like to get it at least maybe a couple inches. That'd be fun.
1: Yeah. Well, human hair grows about half an inch a month. Yeah. So.
2: So. You are so in Jeff's ballpark right now. I, I love know. it.
1: And I, I've been ahead of the curve now. Like at my job, I was the only one with a beard three mm. years ago. Every single male in my department has a beard, and yeah. most of them aren't very good, and they shouldn't.
0: Well, you you <laughs> were ahead of the curve, and then you went far
1: beyond the curve. <laughs> Yeah, and then yeah. I toned it back, you, and I keep a respectable beard. You now. do. You, you, you do. once
0: reached now to the layman, this may be confusing, but there is such a thing as terminal length. I never reached terminal length. Never. Wow. No, I
1: shaved it before I reached terminal length.
0: <laughs> tell tell
1: the audience what terminal length is. Terminal length is the length at which hair stops growing. People Everybody, think
0: that it's going to be like Rapunzel. If you keep not cutting it, it'll keep growing. But that's not true. A good example is yeah. arm
1: hair, leg hair, oh, armpit yeah. hair. Like you don't, I don't shave my arms, but the hair stops growing. It's not eventually. four feet long, right? I've, <laughs> and facial hair is the same thing. And some guys will grow a beard for three years, and it's one leg. two inches long. Yeah. Or you know, I grew a beard for thirteen months. I think was the most I grew, and it was down past my nipples. So, it, it, what it was, an interesting way
0: to describe the length. Most people would have gone with inches, but that's yeah. I don't know how many inches nips.
1: from my my neck to my nips. So it was it was past them. Yeah, it uh, it would tickle my belly button if I sit down. It's it was long. Yeah, So if you long. guys
0: want a beard that will tickle your own belly buttons, shoot for thirteen months.
1: Yeah, I mean, not all guys can do it. I don't have the the best beard. Uh, you know, I have some some friends that have really thick beards, but yeah. it was still a still a good beard. I'm, I'm proud of you, Jim. Oh, I'm thank you.
2: I'm excited. I'm going to do some oils, start washing some it oils. more. And, yeah.
1: Yeah. Get some Grave Before Shave. Great brand. Okay. Smells great.
2: I will. I can't grow a beard, so have no. fun. <laughs> Dan, what are you talking yourself into this week?
0: I've been talking myself into multi-screen multitasking. Oh, okay. Uh, oh,
1: nice, dude. I'm liking this. This is a productive episode.
0: Yeah. This is something that I got into. You know, Everyone does this a little bit. We live in the uh, 2000s now and uh, the 2010 (laughs) some would say oh
1: really almost the 2020s oh
0: my um so yeah uh when jimmy asked us to watch game grumps like i mentioned i had just got a new laptop so i was watching game grumps and i was typing up some notes and i thought you know this isn't bad um this is how the kids do it these days nobody pays attention to anything fully anymore We've got phones. We've got laptops.
1: No, dude. On my phone, I could have YouTube playing in the corner while I'm playing Power Rangers All-Stars to get Ooh. my dailies met. Yeah.
0: Nice. And uh, we're never fully enjoying anything anymore. And that's no, that's never. the way of the no. world. Uh, sometimes it's fun, though, like especially like a dumb show here or there. Um, I'll throw on like Jimmy and Jeff aren't into reality TV, but I like reality TV where people do things like they have skills. I'm not into reality TV where people just sit around and talk and things like that. Yeah. But I'll throw on a Forged in Fire, a Project Runway, a Top Chef, and I'll watch these people do their skills, and I'll uh, check up on my tweets, I'll uh, plan some things out for the podcast, I'll even play some guitar. Mm -hmm. That's not multi-screen, but sure, it counts. Yeah,
1: multitasking.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so let's, I'm not great at it right now. A lot of times if something <laughs> happens, I have to rewatch, or I get to the end of an episode of Top Chef and I have no idea who got eliminated or for what reason. Mm. And you don't care. Uh, I wish I didn't care.
1: <laughs> but I That's need to get back I, yeah. I
0: need to take lessons from Jimmy. Jimmy can do things on his phone and do other things. Jimmy has an Apple Dude, Watch he's, and he's texting. He's on he's, his phone right now. Yeah, he's, he's part of a
1: different generation. Yeah. He's 10 years younger. And he was just born after the, the paradigm shift.
2: I'm a 21st century digital boy. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're of
0: the generation where I remember the first cell phones. So I guess that is different. Jimmy grew up with it. Uh, but I want to get better. I think, uh, I think if you do multi-screen multitasking at selective times, you can uh, get a lot accomplished.
1: My dad owned one of the first or second cell phone stores in Connecticut. <laughs> is he famous? In the 80s. And it tanked tremendously That's awesome. because it was just too early. It was so great. Yeah. So much was like awesome. you with
0: your beard growth, your dad was way ahead of the curve.
1: He was ahead of the curve and it was not good for him financially. Yeah. <laughs> this episode of talk me into, I'm going to try to talk you guys into one of my favorite bands. I would say, mm-hmm. I would probably say top five recently. Uh, Touche Amore. They're a post-hardcore band from the Los Angeles area in the great state of California in these here United States. Are they a post-hardcore band? I was trying to think of how to define them, and Wikipedia says they're a post-hardcore I've band. I've heard
0: them defined like that, but I've also heard like snippets of songs here or there when I've been with you, and they sound like a hardcore band to me.
1: Yeah, I would just call them a hardcore band. That's what I would personally call them. Some people would call them Screamo or whatever. Uh, there's yelling. There's distortion. There's mm-hmm. emotion. There... Is it fast? It's fast. Sometimes yeah. it's slow. but <laughs> No, it's, it's fast-paced. And I wanted to, to talk about this because I haven't talked about um, any music on this podcast yet. Mm-hmm. So far, we've just done Bob Dylan. I thought it would be... Uh, a good way to break it up. And I'm also very interested to see what both of you have to say about them for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dan, because we've known each other for such a long time and we have so many similar musical tastes, but also sometimes he likes things that I should like and don't. And I like things that he should like. And, doesn't. Doesn't. Mm-hmm. That's the word I was looking for.
0: <laughs> and I, I, We're I, different people.
1: <laughs> we are. Um, but I'm, I'm just curious to see if, if you'd like these guys. And Jimmy, I know that we do have some similar interests. Yeah. But I don't know how you stand on music like this. Like punk, hardcore, really loud, aggressive, mm. in your face <laughs> music like this.
2: I don't mind it. Uh, probably the hardest stuff that I really listen to is H2O mostly because of you guys.
1: Okay, so that's still a little wider. Little yeah, lighter. quite a still, gap
2: between H2O and Touche Amore. There is a yeah, gap. Yeah, so I've heard. So, um, yeah.
1: Touche Amore has been around since 2007, mm-hmm. and I didn't know who they were until I want to say 2010, 2011. Uh, I was going up to see Bane and Strike Anywhere play in Providence, Rhode Island, and they were opening. And I remember clearly seeing who was opening for them and not knowing who Touche Amore was and thinking Mm -hmm. it was a silly name. And the two friends I was going with, you know, it was like almost 10 years ago. We were a little bit younger and it was a long drive. So we're trying to figure out, like, should we just skip this band and show up for Strike Anywhere? Should we go early and just hang out? And we we just got there. We happened to get there early. I've never heard them, had no idea what was going on. They hit the stage and usually – When I go see shows like that, opening bands, even if they're good, I'm just like, yeah, they're good, whatever. Mm -hmm. They instantly just captivated me Hmm. with their stage presence, the music itself. It was awesome. I bought their first EP, which uh, was on a seven inch. And they were all out of their first album, which had just come out maybe like a year before at the time, um, which I obviously recently bought. And I've loved them ever since. And.
0: I know them a little bit by name um, because like Jeff said uh, we were involved in the quote unquote hardcore scene hardcore punk scene for a while and I just knew a lot of people that listened to them and they actually get some pretty good critical response even outside of that music style I've heard them mentioned on NPR um, under the Mm -hmm. music review section I I think they've gotten a little bit of mainstream attention because like I said I haven't listened to them a lot but the fact that the name buzzes around uh, means that people are taking notice um, one thing I know about them a little bit because I've been friends with Jeff and that I find intriguing is they seem to be really into uh, like the vinyl collection.
1: They really are. I was going to bring that uh, up
0: subculture. Hmm. They
1: have um, they have an EP and then four full length albums. Yeah. Or yeah, and in between them, they have a slew of split seven inches with bands who I never heard before, like La Dispute. I got into them because of Touche Moore. They have a split with them. Mm-hmm. Um, they release a bunch of singles, a live lot on stuff. Record Store Day
0: too, right? Yeah, they have yeah. Record
1: Store Day stuff. They just released their EP as a 12-inch on Record Store Day within the last year or two, so I picked that up. A um, whole bunch of different pressings, different colors, like all these crazy releases. They have every maybe like four or five seven inches they release, they release like a pizza box style box set. I think they're up to three or four now. I don't own any of them because I just miss out on them, and I already own them anyway. Mm-hmm. But for collectors, it's great. They, they're they really into releasing cool, unique um, vinyl records. And I'm into e- that. And even when they release 7-Inches, like the packaging on all of them is different. It's interesting. It's artistic. They released a flexi-disc with uh, a couple songs on it, which is just like – they used to be in magazines like before our time – you would like get a National Geographic and then rip out this like piece of paper yeah. vinyl that had like whale songs on it, which I own one of those. Oh, and it, like they used to be in like cereal box and stuff, but it's just this plastic sheet that's a square in the record you, that's you just obscure. play like a regular record. <laughs> yeah, so they do cool stuff like that for collectors.
0: So Jimmy, what's your exposure been to Touche Amori so far?
2: Zero. I've never. <laughs> I've heard of them. I am loving that, this. That's that's about it. Um, I'm interested. Uh, I've heard you talk about them a lot. Um, so I'm I'm super interested. I I've never listened to one song, never listened to any album. I don't own any of the albums. I like I like that. I like going into it. I'm very blind, so um, I'm excited because I obviously people know I like music. Um, so it's something going into a little bit of a tangent. So far, from what I know from you, though,
0: you seem to have drawn a sort of line in the sand when it comes to screaming vocals. Uh, Is there anything that you listen
2: to that is non-melodic? I just haven't been exposed to it. I mean, um, I I think if you come at this in a right direction, I might be into a whole new world. A
1: whole Hmm. new world. So um, I'm going to have you listen to three of their releases. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, The first one is their eponymous EP, Touche Amore, from 2008. Mm Mm-hmm. Eight short, several songs. Uh, the next is from the next year, 2009. It's their first full length to the beat of a dead horse. Those two are pretty similar. It's mm-hmm. um, so right when they're starting out. Because like I said, they formed in 2007. These are from 2008, 2009. So this is the band that I was introduced to that I instantly fell for. And then we're going to skip a couple albums and go to 2016. And you're going to listen to their fourth release stage four Mm -hmm. and I think that it listening to those I want you guys to listen for like any kind of growth or evolution in the music and lyrics Mm -hmm.
0: see this is interesting that you chose these um I want to find out why you chose them because the one album out of all these that I've heard the name from and I think it's because it got a little bit more critical acclaim is parting the seas between brightness and me
1: great album
0: so what made you choose and the others?
1: The others, the the first two are kind of like one album. It's really, all this stuff is really short. If you give everything, I would encourage you to listen to everything at least twice, maybe just because it's so short. Mm-hmm. Um, the first two are, it's kind of an end cap from the beginning of the band to where they are
0: now. And so you're looking for us to see the most growth and change.
1: Right. If you want to absolutely listen to the other two albums maybe if you if you hate these three then you won't have to listen to the other two but um and i want to do stage four because it is just an incredible album and musically it's they did some weird stuff for them and some fans didn't like it they got more melodic Mm -hmm. he sings in a couple songs which he doesn't do uh the singer when you hear him is very very aggressive and in your face but even on stage he just released a live album you can listen to too mm-hmm. he's a very very like timid voice just a mild-mannered guy you would never expect
0: oh his speaking voice you would
1: never expect the energy and emotions in the songs to be coming from this just like he's not a he's not a big guy he's just mm-hmm. this little dude with a little voice and pure energy
2: hmm.
1: and uh stage 4 is it was called that because it's her fourth album, but it's also entirely about him losing his mother to cancer. Wow. And every oh, song is just a punch to the heart. Oh boy. So it's, it's really good. And, and Jimmy, like you're not familiar with this type of music.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's, he, he speaks clearly. He's the vocals are pretty clear, but yeah. Read some lyrics maybe. If, yeah. Yeah. If you're That's still having some trouble, Dan, I don't think you'll have any problems because you like this kind of music, but I was an angry youth. <laughs> <laughs> But it it, it is good because these albums, there is a progression uh, emotionally and just with the type of lyrics that he has because it's all about like, it's just everybody can relate to it. It's where you're from. It's your childhood. It's Mm -hmm. loss. It's regret. It's everything that everybody has ever experienced is in these songs.
0: That's a bold statement. I'm excited (laughs) to listen to this. Maybe not everything. He doesn't really talk about going to the bathroom or anything.
1: In a sink. Yeah. No, I'm looking
0: forward to this. Like I said, they've been in my periphery, or I've noticed them peripherally mm-hmm. for a while now, so yeah, I'm going to sit down and give them a good good, hard listen, and I'm going to have a lot more to say than you guys did about Bob Dylan.
1: Hey, <laughs> listen, man. we're cha- Bob Dylan, I had one small page of notes. Game <laughs> Grumps, I had like seven pages of notes. Oh, boy. So we're, we're huh, growing. That's kooky. I know. I, I realized that uh, I should have taken more notes. And I'm going to take a lot of notes for these. I'm, I'm going I'm gonna song take, by song. I'm going to
2: take a lot of notes, too. Because okay. there, there's not
1: many songs. Um, so when we come back,
2: um,
0: we hope that you will have listened to Touche Amore EP from 2008 to The Beat of a Dead Horse from 2009 and Stage 4 from 2016 by the band Touche Amore. Those are, I'm sure, available on all streaming platforms. Yeah, they're on
1: Spotify. That's how I listen to them when I'm not putting the old vinyl on the turntables, <laughs> the old records.
0: And Jeff, you're going to find out if you talk Jimmy and I into Touche Amore.
1: Let's go, boys. da 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 Okay, so we're back Yuck. to talk me into the podcast you're listening to. It's been a couple weeks since uh, I gave these guys the opportunity to listen to a few Touche Amore albums. And uh, I think we should just get right into it, right?
0: We should? Sure.
1: Let's let's just get right into it. we talked do it. enough. Let's do it. All right, I'm going to throw it to you guys. Let's yeah. start with uh, their 2008 EP.
2: Touche Amore. It uh, starts off with this song, Negotiating the Charade. First thing I wrote down is this man is gonna <laughs> hurt his voice. <laughs> um, uh um I, I felt it was a pretty standard hardcore fare, nothing blew me away, but it was enjoyable.
0: Right. I like the um the breakdown in it. It reminded me of some like power violence bands, which is a little bit different than your standard fare for this genre. But yeah, it was a it was fun, fun opener.
2: Mhm. Um Huckleberry, and, and, and it, it, it's
1: oh, also it, it also brings up a recurring theme with them, uh, where they're from, Los Angeles. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, he, he doesn't like it. I mean, a lot of people don't like where they grow up. Yeah. And at yeah. this moment in time, Jeremy, the lead singer, also does not like it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought the production on, on the whole album was was pretty good, I noticed, in this first track.
1: Yeah, it's pretty good, especially for their first release. Yeah. Um, You'll see in their second release, they re-recorded a couple songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the quality is even better, but listening mm. to this a lot. Mm. you think huh
0: uh, we'll get there oh wow mm. so the second track Huckleberry I thought this was a better song it was much catchier the uh I'd prefer a coffin breakdown was was really cool yeah I liked it
2: I, I thought the lyrics started to really show some poeticism i I, I like this a lot
1: yeah what did you guys think of the next song we <laughs> I oh well at the theme
2: yeah. um, um I said dated oh well
1: well, I mean, it's dated, but when it came out, yeah, yeah, it's like it's so aggressively against Fred Phelps, mm-hmm. which I'm fine with because he was he was the leader of the Westboro Baptist Church and he was a real piece of shit human being, yeah. And they uh, they're very aggressively against him, and maybe it's too far wishing for the man's death. I don't think <laughs> I, I might have done that in my time. Wish for some people that are very bad people to die but maybe it's not necessarily a good thing but
2: i thought the we'd love to see you in the ground with the no music at the end was pretty powerful yeah i thought it was good it's
1: very powerful
0: mm-hmm. um the next track broken records i feel like this should be a bigger song because they re-recorded on their next song right. album they did it didn't do much for me though
2: oh i like this one a lot actually i i, I wrote down that i i really like the melody um, and I really, this is the first song that I really dug, like, the instrumentation. Um, like, nice. I'm
0: honestly struggling to remember which song this was, and I shouldn't be, because it's on both albums. <laughs> but, I don't know. Um, uh, I guess, now is a good point to bring up something that I thought about the album overall, which is the, I, I had some issues with the lyrics. They're like, they're standard hardcore fare. Yeah. But they have, this may be a little inside baseball, because I'm someone who was in bands, but... To me, there's two types of lyricists. There's people who write lyrics to music, and then there's people who just write long-form lyrics right. and try to fit them into music. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that can be done really well, but sometimes it can be done poorly. And on this EP, it felt like that was done poorly. It felt like things were just crammed and broken. W- words were broken into multiple syllables to fit into the the stanzas, the he, beats and he stuff. He does do that. Yeah.
2: yeah, Yeah, I've noticed that too.
0: So I wasn't, I, I think it gets better throughout the albums that we listen to, but mm-hmm. it, which
1: is one of the reasons why I wanted you to listen to their first. Yeah, I
0: had yeah. some issues with that here, but, uh, um, hipsterectomy. What'd you
1: think of this one, Jim?
2: <laughs> I literally wrote down woof GTF out of here with that weak ass shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean it
1: is. So it's like a, a jab at the local music scene yeah, where they are. yeah. are and you know, I wasn't a part of that local music scene, but I mean, that's what bands talk shit sometimes yeah. And that, yeah. that's what he's doing.
2: Uh, i wrote down it, it was it was pretty scathing um and, and acknowledges not really a lot more uh to go with har- there's not really a lot more to go with hardcore music but at least we got something to say i thought that was kind of cool
0: i, I kind of want to skip over the next song and come back to it because oh, okay seen is to be seen pairs with hipsterectomy it does. in my mm-hmm. opinion yeah and um i mean this one very similar thematically but i found it relatable as being someone who's in bands that there's always an issue of people just hanging out outside, and you're like, "Come inside." Yeah, it's... it reminded me of a song that my band had, "Parasite," which is uh, yeah, that's actually about the exactly exact same, the same subject. Um, I thought the the breakdown was interesting. All those weird little hammer ons. It was cool.
1: Yeah, it's it's. I mean, I'm not saying that it's uncommon to hear in music, but for the scene that they were a part of a lot of that weird lead guitars aren't everywhere. They're not in every band. A lot of bands yeah. just go chugga chugga.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You want to talk about changing lanes, Jim? Um,
2: I just wrote down, uh, I didn't have a lot to say about it. I just said that uh, overall I liked it and it was an instant head bobber. And yeah. I was like, eh.
0: this was my favorite. Well, second favorite um, song on this EP. I thought that his struggle with religion is interesting Um, especially when you can look forward at some of his future writings Mm -hmm. that we heard. Yeah. Um, it was just an an interesting take on the subject matter, but my favorite song on the album was on a sleep. I thought it was musically and lyrically very adventurous and at the same time catchy.
2: Yeah. There was like a melodic breakdown in the middle and I was like, Oh, I'm digging this. You weren't expecting it. No, I was like, Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Uh, it was also my favorite song of the album.
0: Yeah. Um, overall, I thought, um, like I said, there there was good production on it. Um, I liked the tone of the guitars and the drums. I also specifically noticed the bass was standing yeah. out more than a lot of bands mm. in this genre. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if Jeff notices this as... A bass
1: player i i've noticed it the first time i saw them on stage i noticed yeah and i I noticed it and even even further one one of my favorite songs from them gravity metaphorically is on a seven inch they released and it the bass there just punches through yeah it's
0: very good tonally and the performance is really good um i thought the album was a a little too metal or metalcore for me okay that's fair it was reminiscent of shipwreck i don't know if you listen to shipwreck ad yeah i do enjoy them they have an album abyss which i really like that this reminded me a lot of especially the singer what did you think overall of the album jim
2: um i know you guys were worried about the screaming vocals but as i was going through it i kind of realized it was it was more of a tool to kind of drive through like the instrumentation and the ideas yeah Um, so as
1: someone who hasn't really listened to this type of music i believe regularly or just mm-hmm. because you love it yeah was it difficult to understand what he was saying
2: uh at first and then as i was going through and reading the lyrics that I, I i can kind of figure out what what he was saying it's like
1: re- unlocking a puzzle once you read the lyrics
0: yeah. once then yeah, after yeah.
1: that even if they don't you don't remember them word for word mm-hmm. you get the gist of it but even in this genre i mean we're used to it but i think that touche Mori has a really good the, the, the vocals are really clear. Yes. Even though he's screaming out of all other bands that have the style, I think that you can decipher him the easiest. I
0: agree with that going forward. And on this album, it's easy to hear his vocals. But one thing that makes it more difficult is the lyric thing that I was me- When he mentioning. breaks up syllables. Yeah, he's yeah. breaking up words into weird combinations of syllables. So you don't even know where one word ends and the next begins.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, overall, uh, I, I thought the album was pretty good um it, it's obviously a little bit heavier than things that i would normally listen to um i couldn't help but draw comparisons to h2o and maybe some early hostage com, just because that's hmm. that's what you're used to Yeah, it's what i'm used to and it's a little bit harder a little bit faster um and from
0: a music theory point of view because you have a little bit of a music theory background mm-hmm. like i do did you appreciate one thing i noticed right away was their interesting interplay with dissonances and like diminished chords and things like that.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought some of that stuff was they're willing
0: go and... to go like dark places musically. Yeah. That are
1: and I mean moving forward too, we'll get more into it. But they also I think that their music and how they're playing it at that time mirrors the lyrics. Cause when when everything's like kind of quiet and calm, things mm-hmm. might drop out a little bit. And when he's coming back with just like something lyrically like emotional or something like something angsty, yeah, it does a perfect job yeah. of just going, just flowing with him. And a lot of times the songs will just stay aggressive, stay aggressive, stay aggressive.
0: Yeah. One thing I look for when I listen to this type of music is a big reason why I don't listen to this type of music more often is I got to a certain age or whatever you want to call it, maturity, whatever, where I started to say like. Why do they have to scream everything? Like, I understand screaming, if it emotes the reasons you're talking about, if it backs up the emotion of right. the lyrics, but uh, there's a whole genre of hardcore music, like positive, hardcore, positive, that makes zero sense to me anymore, because you're literally talking about how much you love your family, and you're screaming it at the top of your lungs like mm-hmm. you're murdering someone.
2: Yeah. I think that gets better towards the later albums that we're going right. to talk to. Well,
0: this is definitely going to come back up.
2: But. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, overall, um, I was, I was fairly impressed. Uh, I thought the band themselves were really tight. Um, there were, there were a few little moments that impressed me, like a uh, broken record and sleep. yeah,
1: nice. All right. Let's talk about the, their first full length album, which is not much longer than their EP. Yeah. yeah. To the beat of a dead horse mm-hmm. released in 2009.
2: Dan, you start this one off.
1: um,
0: I liked this album more overall. I thought that um, lyrically, the album is more thematically connected. And uh, I liked how it sort of had an overall message of dealing with the difficulties of anxiety, depression, and mental health. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And that starts right off the bat with the first track, and now it's happening in mine. Um, I thought that was an honest look at what life is like dealing with those issues. Mm -hmm. and there's an interesting little tidbit that i picked up i don't know if you guys picked up on but there's an an ian curtis from joy division yeah burn in there there is that line about i'll ask my questions to morrissey because ian curtis leaves me hanging ian curtis was the singer of joy division okay he hung himself
2: okay that's That's interesting
0: interesting. it was a dark line there
2: yeah yeah i didn't he leaves me hanging there's
1: some really dark stuff yeah in these songs
2: um, I I liked it uh, as soon as the the song started. I the first thing I wrote down was I, I'm really starting to like how this this band is sounding. Ooh, um, ooh, ooh oh my! And it, I also wrote down it sounds like they're they're really starting to focus and and get to a specific sound that they wanted.
0: Yeah, um, so the second track, Honest Sleep, obviously that was the one yep. we loved Talked so about much that. in the EP. Mm-hmm. I still love it. It's a good song. I think it fits this record. Mm-hmm. um i don't really know if we gained a lot from re-recording it it's pretty much sounds like a similar performance yeah to it's me.
1: slightly different but
0: i
2: actually wrote down that I, I liked it better on the demo i thought it would it, it fit better on the the tail end of the first one than putting that, it in the beginning then putting it in the beginning of the first of the second one i could
0: see that i mean one thing we talked about regarding the last album that i kind of hinted at is I, I thought the production quality, while still good, was a little bit not as good with this one. I liked the sound of the EP better. Yeah. I, I thought that the drum sounded less dynamic onto the beat of a dead horse, and the guitars sounded a little bit too compressed. Not to get too technical <laughs> here, but like the guitars sounded fuller and more up front and in your face on Do you think it the took EP. them three hours
1: to get bass sounds?
0: Or... Jeff and I just had an experience recording some music with a friend of ours. If you're listening, shout out to Jimmy, another Jimmy. But anyways, uh yeah, it could be really difficult getting sounds for this type of music cuz you're dealing with a lot of distortion and I just like the EP better. I thought it Yeah, I did too. I thought it uh had more attack to it. Yeah, I could see that. It's
1: raw
2: or Yeah. So the next song cadence um is I, it I just wrote down, "Hey, that's the name of the the album on this song." Uh, they had that like, at the, the end. Yeah. The, 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 I am ch- marching to, to the beat of a dead heart. Yeah, it was super
0: catchy, and I just yeah. wrote down brutal. Yeah,
2: it is brutal.
1: Yeah, and and it's again that just loneliness and isolation. Yeah, that that he's felt before. Musically,
2: it's I, I thought it was a weird song, but I I kind of dug it.
0: Really and, dissonant. The, the last yeah. album reminded me of Shipwreck because it had a lot more like metal influences this album reminds me of ruiner a lot have you ever thought about that
1: i i am connecting that now yeah Yeah, i think so this
0: could be a ruiner album if if i didn't know any better um
2: yeah overall i liked it a lot
0: and then throwing copper is interesting because it kind of brings back the same sort of ideas about faith and stuff but he has a little bit more of a positive twist on it Mm -hmm.
1: exactly i was thinking that too because Your deal. He's talking about like mortality and religion, yeah, and faith and lack thereof. But there's also hope within his depression. Yeah, and
0: he's ready to give up his wallet and throw change. I bet he's basically
1: saying like he doesn't. But if superstitions can give someone faith, then I'm throwing my wallet and begging for change. Yeah, I
2: literally wrote down that entire line. Yeah, Yeah. so he doesn't know
0: if you know, faith or God or any of that is real, but he's willing to take the plunge to at least try to get Mm -hmm. something
1: out of life that he's not getting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I really like that track. Um, Honestly, like a trend that you're going to see as we go through these albums with me is I think that everything that they do that is more personal and has more emotional depth to it is way better than anything they do that comments on the hardcore scene or life in Los Angeles or any of those big, broad, hardcore band topics. Mm-hmm. Right. In my opinion.
1: But I think the life in Los Angeles thing is just talking about where you're from, which hardcore, especially yes. New York hardcore, that's 80% of what they talk about. Yeah, a lot of it.
2: Um, I, I liked a lot of the LA stuff. We'll get into more more later next album, but yeah. um, uh, I thought a lot of... The, LA-centric. Yeah, stuff. I love the imagery and stuff. I don't mind that. So, uh,
0: Swimming with Sharks. This was a weak point of this album for me. The, honestly, yeah, this is one meh. of my
2: least favorite. I didn't really put any notes.
1: Yeah. Decent song, but I don't really have much to say about it. That was
2: okay.
0: The music was fine, but um all I could think of through the, all the poker puns was that Bane did it better. <laughs> a band called yeah. Bane has a song called Anti Up that is a much better song that basically is the exact same idea. It's using poker references and imagery mm-hmm. to talk about life issues.
2: Uh history reshits itself uh I o I I I will weld. Um it's, it, it's very relevant and uh I really like the instrumentation on this one. Uh the song structure in general. I liked how it kind of died off with just the uh at the end with just the guitar. I thought that was really good and pretty powerful.
0: Yeah, I like the subject matter and I like the song, but I wish it dove a little deeper lyrically into the issues of gay marriage. Um instead they seem to settle for just surface level anger against those who voted against it.
1: Yeah, it is. Cause even, I mean, I listened to the song for the last 10 years Yeah, and it took me a while to find out what it was actually about. Oh really? Cause it's
0: kind of just an angry song. Yeah.
1: It's just an, uh, that's what I thought it was too. I mm. thought it was just an angry song. I didn't connect the dots that it was about I, marriage.
0: Yeah, I didn't even know that. Oh, I I'm guessing, but that's what I put together. It is.
1: I actually looked it up yeah. just to confirm. I have a quote from Jeremy about it. Yeah. Okay. Um,
0: and like one thing I thought of was um, the band that does our theme song Hostage Com they have a song on their self titled album called Ballad Stones which is similar subject matter but Mm -hmm. they attack it with much more depth and they look at multiple sides of the issue sure there's anger there for people who are limiting the rights of people Mm -hmm. but there's also talking about what it feels like to be in that situation and it's just a little bit more three dimensional and I would have liked the song if it addressed that a little bit more I think
2: yeah uh suckerfish I liked it but not a lot to say about it
0: same um I thought the breakdown was interesting their use of some dissonant chords
1: I think lyrically it's pretty deep it's one of the it's another personal one where it's a call for help yeah but he pushes everyone away that does try to help really even though he's looking for the help
0: to me it just seemed like a I'm in a bad relationship song I don't know maybe I misread it could be too I don't know um I mean, I think I said what I had to say about broken records. I think it's a pretty straightforward, angry song. I wasn't really sure why they felt the need to re-record it on this album, but
2: yeah, I, I thought it was almost kind of like a, um, like an interlude, like uh, like it's going from the other song to the next because mm. it was already on the other one. I don't know. That's just how I looked at it. Did you
0: um, have anything for nine?
2: Um, I really like the frantic nature of the song. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, I really like the end of it, where it just said i um I still have stories to tell. I thought that was cool.
0: I didn't have much much thoughts for this one, okay um, oh always running, never looking back um I thought was lyrically more poetic than most of the tracks on the album, mm. but musically sort of the least interesting
2: yeah, this b side I don't think has just been that great. Yeah. personally.
0: There's a chunk in here that's mediocre in my opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it goes from broken records through always running, never looking back. Mm-hmm. Which implies that you liked Adieu. I did like Adieu.
1: Same here. Let's get into it then.
0: Um, I think that it puts a positive spin on the album's overall theme. Um, I like that he insinuated that he's going to keep fighting in the face of depression and anxiety even if it's the last or only thing he can do.
1: Right. I mean he even says that in the, the last part of it, I was not born with a strong voice and, uh, but I'll be damned if I go out quiet, if it's the only thing I'll lose. Yeah. I, I mean, be- that's metaphorical and also real. Like, as I said in the opening of this episode, he's a very soft spoken guy, mm-hmm. but he's still putting it out there and just using his voice to get his message out and get everything else that is all bottled up inside of him out.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the beginning of this, the 1231. I counted down the days till I wave goodbye to that early grave oh 101 the weathers hasn't changed but the story's over yeah i just thought that was stupid powerful it's um, really definitely good. a cool
0: close to the album yeah and it's interesting that they've spent however many tracks telling us 11 11 tracks telling us you know what a bad situation he's in but that he goes out kind of on a positive note mm-hmm. i thought that was cool
2: yeah overall i like the album a lot um but I I just felt the EP was a little bit stronger, a little bit tighter. Oh really? Yeah.
0: See, I liked uh, this album, and I think the reason is because of the lyrical themes.
2: Yeah, I, I I think a lot of the lyricism was very poignant. Um, but and I enjoyed them. I just I just felt musically it was a little bit tighter on the first one, and just like st- structure wise,
0: I felt like you could get the first feelings of growth with this like yeah yeah maybe they're interested in being more than a metalcore band or a hardcore band whatever Mm -hmm. um yeah but let's get to the granddaddy of let's get to
1: stage four now like i previously said this album is their fourth album so there's a there's a two album jump from where we just left off there's a slew of splits seven inches along the way uh and seven years everything is on spotify i think they have they just have a live album that came out after this too to celebrate their 10 year and thousand shows so i mean go listen to that if you want but this one is very thematic and every song is about his mother's death to cancer yep yeah and it is very emotional and even what when i told you guys like we're gonna listen to touche more i was like this album's good and i listened to it before taking any notes just in like the car ride really listening to it like dissecting everything just on the drive home from work and i was choked up like the whole time it's such a powerful album to me
2: yeah uh let's start off from the beginning flowers and you damn Uh,
0: i gotta say something before we go try okay Okay. unfortunately i have to spoil the surprise because i'm not going to be able to discuss this without revealing that i love this album me too this is one of the my favorite (laughs) albums i've heard (laughs) in a long time i'm so glad
2: yeah yeah me too me too
0: at first i was worried like i listened to it like you said one time through i think i was working and it was just sort of on in the background right and i was enjoying the music but i was worried that it was just like sort of a standard screamo failed relationship album oh no then i read the lyrics and And it uh, broke you down now let's go song by song (laughs) okay
2: flowers and you damn i like this song Um, you can feel the grief in the lyrics and the tone of his voice, the tone of his voice, especially you can hear it a lot. Just the grief and sadness.
0: Yeah.
1: He's, he's uh, apologizing for not knowing what to do or say to his dying mom and for giving her a hard time when she was trying to get him into religion because she was a religious person or a believer. I don't know how into it she was, but he isn't, which is dealt with previously, but also continuing on this album.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a powerful opener. It's catchy and emotional and it is extremely relatable if you've ever lost someone because yeah. everyone wants to talk about what it feels like to lose someone. But there's also an immense amount of guilt that you carry for the way you reacted to them and their illness or you start overthinking. Or even before. Exactly. Like
1: a fight you had five
0: years yeah. ago. Yeah, oh, the last thing I said to them was this or I lied to mm-hmm. them at this point, And yeah, that it was super powerful um the next track new halloween um listening to this song and reading the lyrics so not the first time i listened to it but the second time when i was reading along literally made me cry (laughs) um it reminded me of how i felt after my grandmother died uh just having feelings of inadequacy in the face of loss Mm -hmm. um the part where he talks about um the place that he wanted to be and he was supposed to be her light, but he kept going out and yeah, it was just back to back. It just killed me.
2: Yeah, it also um, had the um, he was talking about still not being able to hear the last message, which I think we go into. Yeah. Further yeah. We'll down the line. yeah.
1: Um, but he's all it's also just it's him. It's a year later. He's trying to keep his mind off of things and move on with his life but then he'll hear a song that will remind him of his mother and he just breaks down again. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Like
1: track two on Benji or What Sarah Said,
0: which I had (laughs) to look up, but apparently those are both songs about losing a loved one.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Rapture. Yes. Um, This is just pure anguish. Yeah. Pure anger. And it's just his optimism dying. There's there's nothing left. It's also the catchiest of the album so far yeah so far i would say
2: they yeah. um the, the chorus is they're very... really getting like into like a standard s- song structure yeah i definitely. noticed
1: so the thing is like with these these lyrics being some of like not just more, it just ever some of the most personal emotional lyrics i've ever heard a lot of this album is upbeat musically yeah, yeah. There, there's some heavy parts and some yeah. dissonant parts like we've talked and it's still heavy but it This it does it perfectly. Like I said before, like the parts where he's kind of like chill. There's like lighter guitar parts and slower, slower beats. And when he gets like really, really sad, the press angry, angry at himself, at cancer, at whatever. The music flows with it perfectly, but it's still upbeat. I, I agree, but if you look a little deeper, I don't know if
0: upbeat is the right word to describe it because. It's not happy sounding. Okay. To me, it's sweet. It's nostalgic sounding. The guitars are so melodic that it calls to mind, I don't know, like something from childhood. It's just okay, how yeah, I felt when I listened like to it. Yeah, because it's
1: not like pop. So maybe upbeat is the wrong word. Yeah, to me, it just mm.
0: sounded, I just kept thinking the word like sweet, like, like high moments in your life. I don't know. But uh,
2: yeah, I agree.
0: Displacement. Um, it's interesting if you hold this song up as a sequel to Changing Lanes from the first album Yeah, because he's still unsure about the existence of God and he has a lot of anger but he believes that there's a chance his mother could be looking out for him it definitely seemed like a more mature look on faith
1: and belief and things like that
2: yeah it was definitely an interesting look at his struggle with faith
1: and I think everybody does too Uh, he questions the faith of His mother, because the god that she loved decided to let her die, yeah, which I think everybody has faced at some point. Mm-hmm. She was only 69, and she, she, which he mentions in here, which is still pretty young for somebody to die,
2: yeah. And
1: um, he does ask about like if his mother's looking out for her, if it's god, last week I crashed my car and I walked away unscathed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did he
2: actually get into a car crash? I'm sure, I don't yeah. see why he would lie, yeah, yeah or it's or he's a
1: really freaking good storyteller,
2: yeah. I, I wasn't sure if it was metaphorical or something like but that, he's asking
1: but, was that you was that God yeah what was that I and, like that and a it lot. gave him again a little bit of hope like we're talking seven years later from yeah. the previous album and he's still looking for something
2: yeah I almost looked at, at this kind of like we'll get into the next song too but I thought the these two kind of like are yin and yang together um displacement and then we get into benediction mm-hmm. um where it's definitely my favorite song on the album. Uh, I was like, oh, man, this dude could sing. This yeah. is the
1: first one where he's just like singing. Yeah. Yeah. The time.
2: And I, I thought it was so appropriate. I mean, it sounds like he found his faith. He found Jesus, possibly. Mm,
0: I don't know about that. To I don't, me, I don't think, you don't think so? I don't think so. I think he has some semblance of a personal faith. But to me, there's a lot of anger towards her, his mother's earthly friends who are singing the benediction at her funeral. Right. Um, and that mm. he feels some level of hypocrisy there again, going back to the, how can you worship a God that let
1: you fall apart and things like that? Um, cause he knows he's never going to get over the loss. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But to me, um, like this is what I was talking about earlier about why are you screaming in moments when you shouldn't be screaming? This is a great example of when it's done the right way. Mm-hmm. So when he's re- having remembrances and dealing with, pain and stuff like that he's sort of speaking or singing but when he gets to the anger and the hypocrisy of the benediction that's when he screams full out and yeah i feel like it's earned like he's screaming because it's warranted not because it's the genre of music yeah
2: i just thought it was awesome album structure to place those two songs next to each other for sure yeah really good
0: and that theme comes up Again, obviously the loss of his mother isn't just a crisis of grief. It's a crisis of faith and um, uh, maybe we should just take them out of order to talk about posing holy because I think that sort of goes with this theme as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: like his friends are they either pretend to be religious or they trick themselves into thinking that there, if there is or isn't a God, just to because so there's can, a loss, yeah, right. So, yeah, they can feel better that oh, this person isn't here, but they're doing better and they want them to be somewhere better, so they trick themselves into thinking it. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good connection to skip to posing holy,
0: yeah. Um, so then to backtrack, um, eight seconds, Jimmy, I don't know if you know this, I looked it up because I was curious about the title. The only thing that eight seconds jumped out to me as is something to do with rodeo, like riding on a bull you're on for eight seconds. And that didn't seem like it made sense. So I looked it up and apparently eight seconds is the name of the club that Touche Amore was playing the night his mother died. Well, that makes a lot more sense. Uh, You didn't know that either, Jeff? No, I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, That's because this
1: is about the song. This is the song about when he got the call that his mom died. And yeah. it's very similar to the Gaslight Anthems of 59 sound. I literally yeah. wrote that
2: down. I said, I was it, playing to show him down the road when your spirit left your body. Yeah, I
1: was talking about the loss of a friend. So it's yeah. it's it's tough to not be there. I mean, I yeah. know that I wasn't there for some people I lost, and I was there for some people I lost, and the ones that you're not there for are way worse. Yeah. And then he even, uh, see, this is the thing that kills
0: me, is he's honest enough to even make himself look poorly. Mm-hmm. So the, the section where he talks about ignoring the call like yeah. he, he knew that he had call, a, yeah. a, yeah. a message to talk. and obviously his mom was ill for a time and he he had a feeling that it was what it was about but he ignored the call and he went to the after party and acted like everything
1: was fine do you think that was maybe him not wanting to face it because yeah, he knew yeah. what yeah. happened yeah for sure
2: um yeah i really like this song
1: yeah it's heart
0: wrenching <coughs> that, now i really like the title too how, i was very confused <laughs> yeah the, it was a, a club called The eight seconds, I don't know where it was, but
2: yeah, look it up. Interesting. Go
1: ahead. Palm Dreams, um, before I knew what this album was about, when they just announced they have an album coming out, they released this song. And I didn't really know what the lyrics were about. It's just like California imagery in my head. Just like the sunset, the palm trees, 65 on the 5 at 5, which is like the highway out there. It's it's always just dead stop traffic. So it's just talking about like, imagine just going this fast on there. And musically, I love it. It's so catchy. It's really fun. And they do that, like, background melodies, and he sings. And this was the first time, like, fans heard that. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. a lot of comments online, people were just like, You're talking about the On My Own section? Yeah. 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 Like, what's this? This isn't Touche, Mori. And I, like, loved it. I am musically in love with this song. It's probably my favorite or second favorite musically. And um, then when you dig into it, when you actually look into the lyrics and you find out what the album's about, I think it's one of the most relatable on this album, even though everybody yeah. has dealt with loss. But this song is about regret in not asking the questions mm-hmm. you wanted to ask a relative before they went. Um, why did she move to California? Yeah. Like what, w- what brought her in the first 29 years yeah. of her life to move here? And then after she dies, not asking her stuff and him digging through 40 years of her life
0: It's also that super
1: realistic thing that has to be done when someone passes
0: away is you have to go through their possessions. Yeah. Um, It must have been a jarring first single for band, for fans of the band to be like, oh, this is completely different. It was, but
1: it's, it's the same, but I think that it's such a natural progression musically to where they've been. I mean, you, you, I don't know if you guys listen to the, two albums in between
2: i didn't get a chance to which
1: maybe you will we'll find out Mm -hmm. (laughs) but um you you do hear over time that steady progression so it's not as jarring as listening to the beat of a dead horse Mm -hmm. to stage four but it still was something that they haven't done before but it wasn't as crazy as like rancid going full ska or like then going to like straight up like well crusty punk on the next album. It wasn't that jarring. I did listen to the other two albums. Okay. <laughs>
0: I'm um, just really giving myself away here, but um there is a progression for sure. Right. Um but their the biggest leap comes from the last album to this one, I feel. I think so too. Um but I think that this album is really relatable too,
1: just like on a personal level.
0: It feels like the band knew how important it was to the singer and Oh, this they is just
1: 100% the singer's album. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. But and that's fine. It feels
0: like they support him musically. Absolutely,
1: yeah. Um, it's a great concept. And unfortunately, it came to be, but yeah, it is a yeah. very good album. Um, softer Spoken.
0: I had no problem with this song. It's a fun listen, but I didn't didn't have a lot to say about it. Me too. That's
1: honestly the only song on this album I didn't really write notes yeah, for. Yeah, I feel like it's sort of just a generic. Because everything, every other thing. song on this album, I think is so good. Yeah, yeah. That even like this pretty good song yeah. is just. Eh.
2: Yeah, let's go over to water damage. Yeah, uh, details are everything. Uh, I I just I really like this. Uh, just he paints the, a picture. Yeah, the imagery, uh, the patriotic coffee cups, tiled floor, watch that small TV close to the kitchen sink. I thought that was like, oof, that was like a picture in my head. I could see it. That was all
0: cool. I almost was feeling
2: like it was a bit much.
0: But then the outro of this song killed me. Mm-hmm. When it goes to the blast beats, it is emotionally terrifying. The line where he's like, we both know what this is.
1: Yeah, it's they're tr- both trying to delay the inevitable. Or they, they know that what's gonna happen right? but well, they won't address and the,
0: she had clearly taken too much of a medication by accident yeah, yeah and was speaking more honestly than maybe she had been mm-hmm. about her condition up to this point that is just staring death in the face it, it, I can't imagine that mm-hmm. and again it's just paired perfectly with the music it's so sort of like um melodic and bouncy throughout the beginning part and it just gets brutally heavy and dissonant and diminished chords all over the place. Yeah, that was crazy. And then it goes right into Skyscraper.
1: Yeah. Which is their most relaxed yeah. musically song. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's and there was a another female vocalist singing with him, so it was yeah. even more yeah. mellowed out.
0: Yeah, I thought this song was super cathartic. Um I didn't initially I didn't initially like it but the lyrics like slay me this is just a truly touching goodbye for the whole album and for his mother he's basically letting his mother go with a fond memory of her love for New York and the voicemail message was
1: it, it the oof. first time I heard it I like broke down I was like oh man this is the voicemail from New Halloween yeah yep. and yeah. it's just about her picking up a prescription at cvs it's not even anything deep but it's that's the it's way the things are that, though
2: and it's I, I, it's so relatable to just like have things like that especially voicemails because i know my mom has had a voicemail that's of, in um, here of um our, our grandmother. grandmother so yeah i mean like very relatable
1: i i still have stuff for my grandma i can't even watch it's been like six years so yeah. i don't even want to like listen to it but other grandparents are like uncles or family members they passed before like everybody had a cell phone and there's not much yeah so like i wonder if the first time he listened to this was like in the studio or if he didn't even want to hear it yeah because that's a hard thing to do
2: yeah yeah what'd you
1: think of the song jim uh
2: just rough it was yeah just not like it was a bad song i I just thought it was it was a hard song to get through because it was very i was like oh man this is hitting all the feels
0: didn't you feel though that it kind of It was emotional, but it also was like taking a breath. Yeah, yeah. It felt like it just opened up at the end of the album and just sort of like gave everything over and was like, hey, this is this is where I'm at. And
2: yeah, yeah,
0: he's saying goodbye, basically.
2: Mm -hmm. No, I I loved it. I did
0: read um, a little excerpt about the voicemail at the end. And he said that there was honestly like a large debate back and forth within the band and, and during the process of the recording over whether he was going to put the voicemail at the end. Mm-hmm. And he was dreading it because he knew that every time he played the song live, I don't know. He didn't make it clear if they actually play the voicemail live or if it just brought up the feelings and memory to him. But he was dreading playing it live because he's going to have to relive that every single time.
1: But yeah. I think he knows that. And I think the reason why they made an album was so that this can be part of him. Yeah, well, and so he, so he can't it. it. Yeah, but I mean, just yeah. in general, the whole, the whole album, your fourth album, which is a critically renowned album, even outside of hardcore music, mm-hmm. is about this one thing.
0: Yeah. So then, one thing I want to complain about, and it's not on the fault of the band, but Spotify decided to... Tra- stick on an extra track yeah they did yeah um gather um which i guess was on a deluxe album which is a great song i really liked it right but it It didn't belong it 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 ruins the end of the album yeah the the album should end with skyscraper it's the thematic close of the whole piece and then there's a song that to me feels like it was written before any of this stuff was written Mm -hmm. it's about dealing with anxiety and stuff, which is cool, and it was and it was interesting how it was described. But well, and it's
1: about him getting triggered by things that remind him of his mom. Uh, I don't know if you it's that so? clear
0: that it's his mom. To I, me, it's well, or just, reminiscent of and, to the beat of the dead horse. It's about someone who's dealing with anxiety and being trying triggered. To gain yeah, composure.
1: But I mean, in the theme of the album, I would just think that it's yeah, hearing maybe. hearing like the song and then starting to break down, trying to gain composure again from that
0: but skyscraper is so open and it's just such an end. I wish I wish Spotify had an option to leave that off.
1: Just make a playlist with all the songs. But while we'll
0: I'm literally that. like as I've listened to it, as soon as skyscraper ends and I hear that voicemail, I'm sh- like shutting it off. <laughs> Cuz I just feel like emotionally like I want to reflect on the other songs,
1: not listen to something unrelated. Mm-hmm. So overall as a band, the three albums you heard. Uh, Jimmy, what are your pros, cons? Anything else you have to say we didn't cover?
2: Um, yeah, just it, it's hard to say without spoiling at the very end, but um, it's I really, 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 really like this album. Um, yeah, I, I mean,
0: I don't know. Yeah, you know an album is important when you feel regretful that you haven't heard it. In the f- yeah. sub two yeah. and a half years, <laughs> three yeah. years, yeah, um, I think that they've grown so much. Like my biggest complaint with the EP was the lyrical flow and rhyme pattern, and to this point in stage four, that's the strongest yeah. strong. Suit he does of the album. it a little, but he's good at it now. It's way more natural, yeah. And exactly. there's a thing that I like that happens with good lyricists where it feels like. It's hard to describe, but it feels coincidental that the lines rhyme. Like, in other words, he's writing exactly what he wants to write, and it just so happens to rhyme. It doesn't feel like he was searching for a rhyming word. It doesn't feel like he was writing the lyrics.
1: Yeah, it sounds like he was just writing poetry. Yeah. He does have uh, two short books of poetry out. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I haven't read them, but it's recent. Yeah, yeah. They came
2: out with it. Mm, Interesting. All
1: right, fellas. So (laughs) I don't think I have to ask the question, but I will. Did I talk you into "Touche Amore"? One, two, three. Hard yes. Yes. Wow. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: This is the most talked into anything we've done so far. You
1: did tell me before you had some very hot takes, and that could go either way. I thought Jimmy was going to be not into it. I thought thought Jimmy was going to like it, but not as much as he did. I thought you were like you. I can never read with certain bands (laughs) because even though like you like hardcore and you like this kind of music and you like this kind of subject sometimes I, I can't tell
0: and I don't listen to a lot of hardcore music on a, like a daily basis right um, when I listened to the first EP I did listen to him in chronological order I was all set to be like it's fine for what it is but I'll never listen to it again and I still don't really know how much I'll listen to the ep well that's fine or even to the beat of a dead horse but i as i mentioned previously i have been listening to as survived by and parting the seas
1: i also have a playlist with all of their other singles on there yeah that i can Mm. share with you guys and i like
0: those a lot so um i'm going to be going to the record store and buying some touche more vinyl
2: me too when are we going (laughs) soon (laughs) nice
0: yeah stage
1: four was like uh, i can't remember the last time i was that emotionally affected by an album. Even like other, like Bane's last album to me was very emotional, but on different levels, it was about like, you're, they're quitting this band they've been a part of for 20 years. They're talking about abuse as a child, all these other, and it's super emotional. I love the album, but just to have that one thing,
0: it's basically a concept. Yeah, it is a concept album.
1: And it's, it just grabs you in and you can't, you can't get away from those tears.
0: This last week has been so hard because I wanted to talk to you guys about it. <laughs> I know. I've been listening to Stage 4 like over and over and over Me again. Too. Yeah. Even on the way here, Jimmy was not playing it. He was playing like Fleet Foxes. And I was like, oh, you're not uh, listening to Touche More? And he's like, no. And I was like, it's probably good because I don't think I could stop myself from talking.
2: <laughs> I wanted to. Uh, I I was almost gonna put on the other albums, but dude, it's um,
1: classic. Whenever you're in a podcast, save it for the podcast. It's I like you, your friendships get ruined outside of the microphone. You yeah. can't talk about anything.
2: Yeah, but uh, yeah, really yeah. dug this album. Um, I, I don't know if if it was just the first two albums. I don't know if I would be talked into it, but I just think that the song structure and uh, just the concept of Stage Four. Really, really pushed me over the edge.
1: Even if you like hated the first two, I think you needed to hear them to appreciate Stage Four even
2: more. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, which I, I did like.
0: I'm definitely gonna look listen more into because I've only listened to them once or twice through, but um the albums in between and some of the EPs and stuff. And I'm really hopeful about where this band is going forward. Uh, I want to buy. A Touche Amore t-shirt. I want to see Touche Amore in concert.
1: <laughs> I, I missed them last time. They played at the space and I missed them. I
0: can't believe I liked it them as much as I did.
2: Yeah, did, I'm surprised. You
0: picked a good one, Jeff. That's that I'm so happy. <laughs> well,
1: uh, I believe next next episode, Jimmy's going to try to talk us into something, right? Of course. You oh know, boy, what what's this going to be?
2: You know I am the cute little anime boy. Uh-oh. So Uh-oh. I got to be talking Dan and Jeff into an anime that i was actually forced to watch a while ago for
1: forced by who uh
2: by my friends nick and colby who were on my old podcast fixing and post um they basically told me hey we really like the show you got to watch it it's called erased and it is a uh it's a murder mystery time travel anime
1: <sighs> <sighs> i was with you until the last word <laughs> I am so not into anime.
2: I'm not either, though.
1: I've tried so many times throughout the years. Like, yeah. I've actually tried. Like, I sat there and watched it, and so many different series and different types, different mm-hmm. genres, and I can't do it. I'm we so. We should also about
0: just this. explain the term anime in case some it's listeners aren't Japanese super familiar. cartoon. Yeah, basically. Japanese animation. Yeah, more generally, more geared towards adults. Or young adults than typically, yeah. American animation, which can skew
2: younger. Mm-hmm. So this is available on Hulu. I'm going to have you. At first, I was like, I'm just going to have you watch the first six episodes, but it is a limited series and it's short. So I'm going to have you watch the whole thing. It's 12 episodes. Jimmy. <sighs> yeah. <sighs>
1: That's a lot of anime. I mean, Dan 22 watched, minutes long every Dan episode. Dan watched like 20 episodes of Doctor Who. So it is.
2: Doctor Who's better. But. It's it's only like four and a half hours if you watch it all together, which isn't too bad. you know I'm choosing this because I really think you guys may like it
1: but I chose something good for you
2: (laughs) so uh, I'm I'm open to it Jimmy let's do it so watch episodes 1 through 12 it's available on Hulu Uh, it's also on Crunchyroll if you're available for that Um, so yeah watch it
0: okay in the meantime where can people find us online
2: you can find us at TalkMeInto, TalkMeInto on Facebook, TalkMeInto.com and if you want you can send us an email at TalkMeInto at gmail.com. I
0: mean if you feel so inclined.
2: Yes. Dan, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Danny underscore
0: Breakdown and please read my film reviews on Letterboxd under the name Danny
1: Breakdown. You can find me on Christian Mingle. No, I'm just kidding. I'm J Date. No, I'm just kidding. You can find me on Twitter. Farmers only. Ooh, yes. <laughs> Jeff with five Fs, two seven on Twitter, on Instagram, Large Heart on Collider. Boop.
2: And I'm at Son of a Fitch. on Twitter, Instagram, all that fun stuff.
1: Thanks for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we talk you into next? Hopefully erased anime question mark